Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is the Monday night transfer show with me, Buramag, uh, Toon Tipster, whatever you want to call him, Joe Walker, uh, as always. And um, we've made a habit of getting a special guest on, so we've invited Ben on, a.k.a. Burnsy, uh, Mouth of the Tain on Twitter. Uh, somebody who a lot of you on Twitter will be very familiar with. If you're not on social media, you probably won't know who the guy is. But somebody else who's a Newcastle fan, who uh, always has plenty to say on social media, and uh, we just decided to get him on to share his opinions. Welcome, mate. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us, Steve. Yeah, no worries, mate. Good to see you. Okay, um, as last week we started talking, Joe, uh, with Sean about incomings, let's do, let's do this a little bit differently tonight. Let's just talk about a few outgoings, because I've seen in the chat, uh, especially over the last few days, that you know the different shows that we've been doing, People saying, who do you think is going to go? Are we any closer to getting rid of this one? Are we any closer to getting rid of that one? Um, so, you know, just picking picking players out of the, you know, picking players out of the thin air. I guess the first one I want to talk about is Matt Ritchie. I mean, look, he's been a great servant of the club, Joe. Um, somebody who I've got a, a lot of admiration for. He stuck with us when the times were, the times were tough. Um, he, he should have been captain for me. I still say that. He, you know, he, he did the captain's job without the captain's armband most of the time. But yeah, what, what do you think? The what, where do you think his future lies? I'm uh, I'm really glad Steve were doing outgoings because just before the show, I got challenged on Twitter to see if I could go an hour without mentioning Botman or Hugo or Diab. <laughs> And I was going to just tell you that I couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> also, glad I'm glad we've got Ben because for a minute I thought it was Ben Jacobs and my head started it and so on. <laughs> um, so outgoings, yeah, Matt Ritchie, Steve, completely agree with you. Um, what a lad! Um, I think he's been fantastic. I think the job that he was brought in to do, he's done. He's very, very rarely let us down. Although, you know, maybe certainly last season and towards the end of the season before, maybe we all come to the conclusion that he'd seen better days. Um, great to have around the squad. I'm sure he's great in the dressing room. Um, notoriously known for, for having continuous pops at Steve Bruce. So he'll always have a place in my heart. Uh, but in terms of quality and in terms of in terms of that squad, I think if you think about that left-hand side now, it is likely that Sam Maximin will be staying. Um, you know, we've had Almer on kind of switching sides. You've got Murphy who can do a job on either side. We've now obviously signed Matt Target. We've got Paul Dummett on a contract. Actually, if you think about that left-hand side, you know, and you start to think about Richie, where would he fit in? Um, and even if we think about would he do as a job in the League Cup in the earlier rounds of the FA Cup, arguably with the squad that we've got and hopefully the players we're going to be bringing in, I'm not entirely sure he's going to get a game. So, He'll go with my blessing if he's gone. Um, I think it's always been on the cards that he's potentially going to be going back to Bournemouth. You know, we've been talking about Bournemouth and Richie for, for two or three seasons now. So, yeah, he'll go with my blessing, Steve. Um, and I think, you know, he'll do a job for someone, particularly if he's going to drop down to the Championship. Um, and I think looking at our squad, it's been levelled at us. And I'm sure there'll be quite a, a few players that we come on to tonight. Um that, that are arguably championship players. And I certainly, you know, if he's not going to make it in the Premier League, he'll absolutely do a job for somebody um, in that championship. So, yeah, he'll be away and all the best, Matty. Yeah, just letting everybody know, we will focus on some of the potential incomings in the second half of the show. So don't panic. We will talk about those coming in. We just want to have a little focus on those going out. Yeah, Ben, I mean, what, what's your take on Matt Ritchie? I mean, I think I think Joe's nailed it all there pretty much yeah. to, the, to the mast, hasn't he? Yeah, just uh, just echo those sentiments, really. Just uh, what a fantastic pro he's been, especially in that championship season, uh, as were a lot of them uh, of that kind of uh, mould. You know, you had the Gale, Hayden, Lascelles, and this kind of core group of players that came through, um, you know, with like through the relegation with us and then, you know, always signed in that summer that we went down. And just, 
he's, he's always been there. He's been a leader. Um, you know, he's lost a bit of pace and it probably is time to go. But, you know, all things come to an end, especially things in football. Um, but he just, he leaves with, you know, all the, you know, if he does go, which I, I probably think he will, leaves with all the support of the Geordies and, you know, just, you know, what can we say? He's, he's been a, one of the best servants probably we've, we've, we've ever had. Um, if you're going off work ethic, uh, there was no drama off the pitch. He's like the perfect professional, you know what I mean? Um, and we'll miss his uh, kicking of the corner flags, which, you know, it's, it's slowed down in recent years. But, oh, man, those are the days. They were, yeah, and I guess the guy who stood in the uh, the, the stand who got up to uh, hit in the nether regions probably won't miss that celebration. Yeah. But I know exactly. And David Cook, I'm sad to say the magic hat got stolen off him by Bruno, mate, sadly, David. So, uh, yeah, that's it. But, yeah, I agree. And I was just delighted at Burnley. Um, even though I was in the corporate on that particular day with the Burnley fans, I did manage to give my own standard ovation to Matt Ritchie. I'm glad to see he got on in that game because I think that's yeah. probably the last time we'll see him in a black and white shirt. Joe, onto this guy, Kieran Clark, and I guess following in the same vein, really, Kieran Clark, you know, comes from the same kind of mould as Matt Ritchie. Um, he was actually brought in by Rafa as somebody who was going to be a cover player. And I remember because obviously. At the time, I was working with Rafa's team and, and got a little bit of, of good inside information at that time. And that was what he was brought in to do, to, to basically cover. But then he got thrust into the limelight because of an injury and suspensions to, to our centre-halves. I've got to guess he never let us down. And I, I think, I guess the saddest part about Kieran Clark is that the last thing we'll probably remember him for is that horrendous draw against Norwich where he got sent off. Yeah. And never really darkened the, the doorsteps of the first team again, which is great because in, in the end of the day, it went on a long run. We stayed up and the rest history. But it, I, I just think it's, it's a bit of, a, it's a, bit of a, a gut FAM, I guess, as well. And that's the way that he's, his career at Newcastle finished. But again, a great server. Now, I, I had some pretty solid info, you know, before the end of the season that there'd been a, a deal more or less done for him. So I guess it's just a case of where he'll end up. Yeah, I think you're right, Steve. And again, I, I, you know, you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, another solid away, steady away player. I think when we signed him, I was relatively impressed because I think the times, the odd occasion that I that I'd um, dragged myself to see Aston Villa, I was always impressed with the lad. I thought he was steady away, he was solid. He's got a left foot on him, which at the time was quite a quite a commodity for centre halves. And um, yeah, he, he he played a nice ball. He's a big, strong lad. He was relatively pacey, so. You know, again, another player that's done more than a, a job for us. I don't think I was expecting him to play the amount of games he played for us. I certainly didn't, um, you know, imagine he'd play as well as he did for us. But again, Steve, I think what Kieran Clark, he, he was never fashionable. He was never a Colacini, was he? He was never a Philippe Albert. He was just a centre-half that we might bring on. You know, we'd signed a kid called Lascelles and he was going to be the next big thing, of course. And, you know, I, I think you're right. I think Clark was brought in almost, you know, just, just to kind of bolster the squad up. So, listen, like I said about Richie, I think put him in a in a reasonable championship side and he'll do a reasonable job. Um I, like you, had heard, you know, I think we'd all heard a long time ago that not only was he leaving, but the deal was actually done. I thought it had been announced by now. There was strong rumours, and particularly in this part of the world that I live in, um, um, that he was coming to Middlesbrough, and, and that deal was as good as done. It'll be interesting to see whether Steve Bruce fancies him and whether he'll go down and, and, and do a job with Bruce. Um, whether he'd get a job in the Premier League... I'm not so sure. And even looking at some of those promoted clubs, um, you know, I don't think Clark's up the Premier League standard. So it wouldn't surprise me if he goes to that kind of top 10, top seven um, championship level. But again, uh, that Norwich game aside, of course, when he made that decision and, you know, it, 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 it looked like it was going to do the season for us at one point. Um, uh, you know, he'll, he'll have my blessing, Steve. He's, he's, he's canny enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kieran Clark, have you heard anything about, about him and, and a potential move, or has that been yeah, quite quiet heard, at your end? Yeah, I heard a few weeks back uh, it was some kind of USA move. I don't know if you heard something similar um, at your end, but I heard from a couple of people that uh, it looked like he was going to go to America. Well, it hasn't materialised so far, although, you know, our window's only been open a while, so there's still plenty of time Um but I just think the thing with Clark is it's been a, quite a, a rapid uh, drop-off in form because he was always a steady Eddie. 
You know, he was always somebody that, although he wasn't hitting nine tens out, you know, uh, nine tens out of ten per week, he was still always maybe a seven or you know the odd eight or sometimes a six. But just the last, I would say, eighteen months, whenever he's played, he's been a bit calamitous. Um, I think there was a, uh, uh, one of the goals last season when uh, it was Dubravka and Clark and a bit, a bit of a mix-up. I forget, was it against City? Somebody left the ball, and I think it was Clark left the ball, and it just like went straight over his head, and it was like basic defending, like regardless of whether the keeper shouted or not, like you've got to go for that ball. Um, and I just remember seeing that one, and then the Norwich game, where if we didn't have that happen, we might never have gotten a £40 million or or more, uh, Joe Linton. So at least something good came out of that. Um, but I, I do think it's time to go. Um, but it's just, it's been a rapid decline because he was always all right, you know. I think, I think you're right, Ben. And, and I think for me, I don't know what you, what, what you guys feel, but it almost seemed like Clark's decline when in, it was exactly parallel to that of Lascelles. And I think yeah. the words that Lascelles got and the, and, and the more iffy and uncertain on the ball Lascelles got. Yeah. Instantly, you know, anxiety was in and all of a sudden, Clark didn't look like a player. And I yeah. don't know whether there was a sense of I'm the senior pro. I've been asked to look after this lad, and he's having a nightmare. So I'm having to, I'm keeping an eye on the forwards, but I'm also having to keep an eye on him. So I think yeah. as a pairing, it, it 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 got worse as opposed to you know something drastic happening with Clark. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a that's a that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and partnerships are very important at centre half as well. And that's it. Sometimes someone comes in. I mean, we we saw that back end of the season how Fabian Cher, who couldn't get in the team under Steve Bruce, suddenly alongside Dan Byrne looks world class again. You know, it's uh, it's 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 yeah, that's just the way it works. Football is, as uh, somebody once said, a funny old game. Okay, next up, uh, Manquillo. Um, and I didn't think that we'll be talking about Manquillo leaving, uh, to be perfectly honest. And I think until we had the resurgence, I guess, in Emil Kraft's form, we wouldn't have been talking about this. But Kieran, Kieran Trippier, a fully fit Kieran Trippier, and well done to him at Molyneux playing another 90 minutes there. He's, he's now back to, to more or less full fitness. The England internationals might not have done anybody else any good, but getting Kieran Trippier some valuable minutes under his belt uh, before pre-season commences again on the 1st of July. Um, but yeah, I would say Kieran Trippier is a shoe-in as, as, as right-back for, for us next season. I think Emil Kraft uh, will probably be an able deputy. And, you know, it's just a case of whether Manquillo is going to be happy sitting on the bench um, or not. I mean, obviously, we've got an increase in substitutes next season. It, it means you have that opportunity to bring more players on. Or whether he's going to seek a, a move, I guess. But is, is Manquillo somebody to keep a hold of, Joe? Or do you think he could be on his way out? Do you know what, Steve? I, I think yes, and I think you're right. I think had it not been for, for Emil Kraft's transformation under Eddie Howe, um, a fit man Keo would, would have got in the side over Emil Kraft 100 times out of 100 for me. Um, I remember when we signed him and I'm thinking, oh, Rafa, no, we're, we're not in this game, are we? You know, um, thinking, of course, we'd, we'd have some money off our previous owners. And do you know what? I was really impressed with the lad. I don't think he's ever particularly let us down. I think we look, uh, the side always looked a lot more balanced with Mankeo in. I had much more faith in him going forward um, until, of course, we signed Kieran Trippier and, and, and seen what proper right backs are like. So I'd have kept him. I think, uh, did we ever see, uh, you know, a fully fit Mankeo firing on all cylinders? Arguably not. I always got the sense that he'd come in, we'd have two, three, four decent games out of him and then he'd be back out of the side again and, you know, we're tinkering with Murphy at right back and tinkering with the formation. And um, So I would certainly keep him, um, uh, you know, if it, to, 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 to be a backup for Trippier. However, based on what Emil Kraft done towards the back end of the season, you know, Mankeo must go because... You know, one thing that Kraft did give us was he was available and he was fit. And when he was called on, he was there and he was ready. We didn't have to bring him off the bench. You know, we didn't have to make him a bit part player and slowly bring his fitness up. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, whether Mankeo had, 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 had stay or not, thinking, you know, I'm third, possibly fourth choice right back now. You know, I'd rather go and spend the last two years of my career, go back to Spain, you know, um, and, and kind of see my career out. Um, but I've been impressed with him. So... I think I'd I, I'd like to know how much he was on. I'd like to know how much wages he's on and how much he's actually costing us. Um, 
Do squads have three right backs? Arguably not. Um, will Craft be staying? You know, actually, he looks like an international right back now. So, is he going to be happier playing second fiddle, or would Mankio be happier playing second fiddle? Um, I don't know. It'll be an interesting one, but there's probably people above him. Um, I hope we come on to Dwight Gale. I really do. I could do an hour. He's uh, next. He is thank next. You. Thank you, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, there'd certainly be other people before Mankio that I'd get out of that squad. Yeah, Alan Thompson says, Steve, is there going to be another 12 players going? We'll have no squad left. Talk about a clear out. Keith Patterson said on the Amigos two weeks ago that he, he, he'd written 16 players down that he would yeah, chuck out. Yeah, so, I mean, look, yeah. it's, we're not going to chuck 16 players out, but I think there will be a clear out of sorts, Alan, but I don't think we'll clear people out until we we'll get people in. But Ben, yeah, Manquillo. Yeah, um, I think up until, up until this season, I think if you asked me, like, maybe it's last summer, I would have been all over, you know, Manquillo staying in, in craft getting shipped out but the the turnaround what crafts produce especially i would say since christmas onwards that is a that's an international right back that's somebody that knows how to defend when to bomb forward he's not bad at crossing and he's just basically pushed Mankio aside you know it's not necessarily uh his fault he's had a lot of injury problems as joe touched on and i think that's always going to be an issue if you, if you can't stay fit same in any position in any team someone's always going to take your place. And I think that's what's happened. There was opportunities for Mankio this season when he just wasn't there. He wasn't fit. So Kraft ended up getting the nod. And before you know it, he's, you know, he's, he's turned things around. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he's another one that's probably, I'd say we can't have three right backs. So I think he would have to make the cut. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to, as I say, the, the increase in substitutions is going to make things slightly easier for the manager, anyhow. But, you know, uh, again, there still needs to be a clear out. And, um, you know, again, another person who uh, we, we, we need to talk about, and uh, Joe quite rightly mentioned him, is Dwight Gale. I mean, look, Dwight Gale, there's something not right about this whole situation. Um, Rumours of something that went on at a, you know, at, a, at an event at the club, and that's the reason he's never really featured because the club never really forgiven for that. It's an allegation. I don't know whether anything and that's true. However, um, always included in squads, always on the bench, rarely used. Um, and then the bizarre situation last summer when we were all expecting to get peddled and put out the door and, you know, not, not see the light of deer of Newcastle again. And he gets a new contract. And, and then we're all scratching our heads thinking, why give him a new contract? And, and then, of course, it's left to speculation on social media. We're all going, well, is it because when we sell him, we're going to get a bit more money for him and, and et cetera? And then, no, we have another season, half a season more or less under Steve Bruce, then half a season under Eddie Howe. New manager comes in, you think he's going to see the potential in the kid. He's going to be able to say, well, this guy can get us the goals in the Premier League to keep us up. And again, another manager comes in, and this is the worrying thing, comes in and goes, nah, not for me. No chance. And he's left a bit part appearances. Whenever he warms up, he looks as if he's part of the squad. It doesn't seem there's any problems. He's, you know, everyone gets on with him. He's having a laugh. He's, he's part of the atmosphere. He went around the pitch at the end of the season. I, I just do not understand what the situation is and the conundrum is with the guy. Surely to God, Joe, when the season kicks off in August, Dwight Gale won't be a Newcastle player. We've been saying that for four years. Um <laughs> It, do you know what? I, right, I'll, I'll, there's a player in there. There's definitely a footballer there. It, you know, he's proved that. All right, he maybe hasn't proved it at um, a, champ, a, a Premier League level, but certainly in terms of the championship, if you look at his goal scoring record, um, not only for Newcastle, but when he was playing for West Brom, you can see why some of those teams are, are allegedly looking at him. You know, the Middlesbrough of this world who, who, who might struggle to score goals, um, uh, you know, at times. There's definitely, definitely a footballer in there who knows where the back of the net is. Quite why on earth he hasn't done it for Newcastle, I have absolutely no idea. Um, and to be honest, he hasn't even looked close. I mean, we signed Chris Wood there, and yes, arguably in terms of stature and style of play, you know, they're, they're, they're very, very different players. However, if we were looking for a for a like-for-like, like, um, you know, Callum Wilson-esque type, Surely it would have been Dwight Gill that would have that, that would have come on, and lots of other players. We've just been talking about, um, uh, you know, people like Emil Kraft, for example, Eddie Howe, 
Joe Linton, Eddie, Eddie Howe gave them a chance. Eddie Howe thought, right, I'm going to have a look at these guys and I'm going to give, I'm going to put some faith behind them. The one lad he didn't put any faith in and the one lad he didn't have a look at was Dwight Gale. And even when Callum Wilson, you know, we went through that spell where we weren't scoring, we were scraping one nils, um, you know, which was grand, but, uh, you know, we could have done with a few more. Um, and yet still Gale was not called upon. And and that makes me wonder if there's something seriously, seriously wrong somewhere. Um, as you say, Steve, I mean, uh, you know, unless you know different uh, guys, but... I hear that he trains. He trains well. Um, he appears to be fit. He never appears to be injured to the point that he can't play. You're looking at the bench. We make all sorts of substitutions, fiddling about with the forward line, putting Sam Maximin up front, putting Murphy up front at times. Um, and Gail's just sat there, you know, collecting his money. So whether it was a big gamble, Steve, in terms of actually if we give him a new contract, we'll, we'll command a transfer fee, and that transfer never came off. Um but if he's on the wages that we're led to believe he's on, I tell you what, it was a massive gamble and, and one that hasn't particularly worked out. Um, so would I see him go? Absolutely. Do, does he need to go? Does he need to be the first one out the door as far as I'm concerned? Yes, I think for the football club and for Dwight Gale. Will he be here next season? We've been saying it for two years. We shall see. Yeah, Dwight Gale, it, it, it is a strange one, isn't it, Ben? I mean, over the last yeah. few years, just not really had a look in. Yeah, that's it. And just to rewind it back a bit, when you were talking about why was he given the contract, well, it was two, two words for that, Mike Ashley. Um, at, at no other club would that player, in that form of getting a three-year deal at that age, it's, it was nonsense. Um, but the reason behind it is, and this is, this is truly what I believe, is that it is cheaper to sign Dwight Dwight Gale on a th- like you know extension of three years than it is to let him go and put that money into signing a better player, improving the squad. Classic Ashley. What what was the cheaper option? D- did he want to scour the market for a top class striker to replace Gale, or was it easier just to hand out a willy nilly three year extension? Yeah, you know, probably not on the the, the biggest of wages. And Gail's lapped that up. It suited Ashley. He didn't know if he was selling the club or not. Um, yeah, that that's that's prime Ashley. I don't think that would have happened in any other club. Um, but just to touch on his on his form as well, I think what thing what you hear all the time is with Gail is that he's a great finisher. Uh, well, he definitely is in the championship, but in the Premiership, it, that's never been the case. And the, the stats will back that up. Um, you know, I've had arguments with people before online and saying like. Oh, it's you know, it's uh, Gail should be playing. He'd score. Well, actually, the stats the stats say that um, he actually wouldn't. Uh, there was that season when we first got promoted, and he played most of the season up front. Um, I think was he playing with Hosselu coming in and out. I can't remember now, but he basically played a lot of games pretty much up front for the entire season. I think he only scored four four goals or something like that over the whole season. So that shows you that I mean, yeah, we you know we might not have created that much for him, but is he strong enough? You know, like um, like Joe said, when when Callum Wilson was out, in a lot of people's minds, he, he might have seemed like the you know the perfect player to bring in. But is he as strong as Wilson? You know, is he as quick? Probably not. He's maybe flat as to deceive. I think he's lost that explosive pace. So I think if you haven't got the strength and you haven't got the pace, then you're going to struggle to get in the positions that you might need to to show off your your finishing if you have got that. So, yeah, I think he's lacking. And I think time's run out for Gail. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, the bid for Derby County has just been withdrawn. Uh, Mike Ashley, that's breaking news. I'm sure we'll wow. be uh, rubbing his hands with glee and mm. that and uh, ready to uh, step in. But uh, back with uh, the transfer chat at Newcastle, we're discussing outgoings for the first half of the show. Uh, one long staff committed to a new contract, another long staff. Uh, still on the books, Joe. Uh, what does the future hold for Matty, in your opinion? Nice lad, cracking family, I'm led to believe. Sean's got his new deal. Um, I think this lad was an absolute victim of, of whatever it was that Steve Bruce was doing, Steve. I, I, how can we go from? And I was there, it was my 40th birthday, and I, so I only just remember, but that goal he scored against Manchester United, and you're thinking, Hey, we found one. We, we've got one. We, you know, he can sit alongside his brother that can play in the midfield for years. 
and then Steve Bruce happened to, to that family and, and particularly to Matty. Um, and, I, you know, at the time, people were actually saying, you know, this lad's better than his brother. This is the lad that needs to be in the midfield, not Sean. And you're thinking, hey, great. Um, wasn't fancied at all um, for whatever reason. And I know there's lots of rumours out there, lots of kind of stories around kind of what happened with the long staffs and, and, and the previous regime. Um, but in terms of a footballer, Steve, yeah, he was quick. He would stick his foot in. He was what we needed. It was that energy. We've watched John Joe Shelby for years saying, how he made it. You know, his, his legs, he was playing on one leg for half, half the time. Um, and yet Matty was there and Matty had the, Matty had the, had, had the dynamo. Um, and then off he's gone to some loans. I was actually looking forward to, you know, I was keeping an eye on him when he went up to Scotland thinking, you know, that, that might be the making of him. Didn't quite happen for him. Um, so again, you know, you're talking about Bruno, you're talking about Joe Linton. If we're signing players like Parquetta, for example, Joe Willock's already there, you know, um, does Matty Sean, of course, got his new contract? Does Matty Longstaff have a place? Will he get a Will he get a game? I don't think so, Steve. And I think, I think your heart telling you one thing: it's my club. You know, the three we do absolutely anything to play for Newcastle. But if I was a professional footballer with six players ahead of me, I think I'd be away. And do you know what? If he goes away and he sticks two fingers up to the club and he sticks two fingers up to to, to Bruce and Ashley and goes on to play for England, good luck to the lad. Yeah, Matty Longstaff arrived on the scene, Ben, with a with a bang, didn't he? I mean, the winner against Manchester United and yeah. Steve Bruce picking him up and local lad and you know the whole crowd got behind him. It was a it was a real buzz. It was a buzz because let's face it, we weren't getting anything else when we were going to the game apart yeah. from the odd ASM run, which I think we probably got up and down once or twice in a game under, under yeah. Bruce and Ashley. Yeah. But Matty yeah, really gave it really gave us a bit of hope and then it, it burst. It, it seemed to burst, didn't it? The balloon seemed it, to burst, and then there was a fallout between him and both both brothers. Yeah, it just um, like you say, it was exactly what we needed. It was it was the pick me up, you know, in the dark days. A local lad with a you know, he had a bit more. I'd say a little bit more pace than Sean. He looked a little bit more sprightly, you know. Sean's quite leggy, and uh, yeah, he just looked like he he could really make it. But then for whatever reason, whether it was declining alone, keeping him here. And then not playing him, I think he almost missed a year because of that. Just couldn't get a look in, not making the squads, you know. And everyone was saying, "Why didn't he just send him out on loan?" And that, and that was all down to Bruce. And that's that goes deeper. That's like the structure of the club. And you know, if Shola was in charge of that, you go, you think like, "What's happening here?" You know. But that's 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 a wider issue that that could have maybe been approached a bit better. But um, I, I'd heard a whisper that he he, he won't. Be coming back, uh, won't be playing for the club again. And if that is the case, then like it's like you guys have just said, I wish him all the best. And I think he'll he's, he's cracked League Two. Is League Two he was in, was it, or League One? League um, Two, yeah, League Two, yeah, yeah. So he's cracked that. Maybe he's have a crack at League One, and then maybe move up to the Championship. I, I honestly could see him week in, week out in the Championship. He's got that terrier like David Batty kind of uh, thing going on. Um, scores the odd screamer. I just think he's got a lot of qualities. And you know for a fact, he'll train hard. He's got that work ethic. Um, he's a little bit on the small side, but, you know, he can make up for that with with other things. Um, you know, height doesn't make a player. So I think if he can just get his head down, but he's he's got to move for his own sake. It must be heart-wrenching to move away from your boyhood club when we're just about to lift off. But he's got to think about it in a sensible manner. Because if he sticks about or wants to see out this remainder of the contract, I think it might be only one year anyway, is it? I'm not sure what, what's left. Um, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure on that, but I, I get where you're coming from. And I think I think the good thing about Eddie Howe is he's shown already that he can develop players, he can help players, he can bring the best out in players. We've seen it with Joe Allen, we've seen it with Kraft. And those two players in particular are a hallmark of what Eddie Howe can do. And... You know, I personally think that you know, if Matty, Matty Longstaff, as you say, could go out on loan maybe and, and and improve and come back and show that he wants to stay and he wants to do stuff, then I think it worked. Sean Longstaff was almost ruined by Steve Bruce. A because he ran him into the ground. Um, when B he brought him back too early from injury, and C he continued to play him alongside Shelby, who either didn't like playing with him or couldn't play with him. I couldn't yeah. decide which. And I think the fact that we saw the best coming out of Sean Longstaff in a long while at the back end of the season, 
again shows what what Howe can do. So I think he'll work with him. We're going to continue the outgoings. Uh, I am going to go for the ad break now. Spider Miner, worldwide coverage of one of our main sponsors. It's the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time whilst using virtually new energy. And it's VPN protected. Buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org. Thanks to skipsandbins.com too. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to LG Family Funeral Directors 01913 and a Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD, Hemp, and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thejohd.com. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. And thanks to Kleekai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Clearun device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clearun.game. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. If you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner and you can subscribe for free. We do seven shows a week, uh, even during the closed season. Hit the thumb up under the video to like, which helps us out. It's very important and it's free. Click share, share your social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to pose a question. Hit the, uh, hit the podcast up on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean and the rest. It goes up 24 hours after the show has been broadcast on YouTube. And if you want to become a member, well, this is the week to do it. We have one week to go um, until the big draw for a season ticket or the cash equivalent of £1,000. Kindly donated by QTech Shop. .co.uk. Uh, what do you get for your £25 to join the NUFC Matters cult? You get a pen, you get a cup, you get a scarf, a membership card, but most importantly, this week, you get entered into that draw. 25 quid opportunity to potentially win a season ticket or £1,000. You can get your uh, membership uh, part of the channel by going over this QR code on your smartphone or going to NUFC Matters and clicking shop and looking for the membership. That's all you've got to do, but do not miss out. It's a great opportunity, especially if you are after a season ticket or the cash equivalent. As a subscriber, you get a free car sticker. Just email john at nufcmatters.com. Don't forget, we are supporting the food bank on here. £70,000 we have raised on this channel in two years for the food bank. So please continue to do your best and leave some money via NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk. The virtual match day bucket is there 365 days of the year. Uh, thank you to everybody who has supported our cry for help with the food bank. Don't forget, end of season due, 24th of June, a Chira's bar. Tickets are 12 quid. Come and see Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin. First time Andy's done a talking. It's going to be a cracking night. And a lot of the NUFC Matters crew will be there. If you want to get yourself along, uh, then get your tickets from nufcmatters.com. Well worth coming along. Okay, next up on the outgoings, let's talk this guy, Jacob Murphy. Um, Got to be honest, I personally think Jacob Murphy is one of those players that Eddie Howe can develop, Joe. I think um, there's been you know an opportunity there for him, and I think he's taken it with both hands. He hasn't featured in every game, but when he's come on, he hasn't let us down. I generally feel there's a player in there. And I think Eddie Howe can get the best out of him. I'm not sure he'll go, um, but you never know. I think I think in terms of the squad, Steve, I mean, yeah, I, I, I like the lad. You know, I really do. If he could finish, he'd be worth 240 million. I, I, I genuinely think, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he gets himself in some fantastic positions. He's versatile. He's quick. Um, he loves the club. He, you know, he's, he's a fan. Um you know, I think it's quite nice, particularly as you were saying, we've got five substitutes next season. And I think these are the type of lads that could actually come on. They've got a bit of legs, you know, um, if one guy's getting tired, you know, they can come on. Um, he's the absolute, you know, foil for some Maximin. Whenever Maximin's had enough after 70 minutes, you know, it's Murphy that comes on and, and puts the legs back in. I think there's a player in there and I think Howe likes him. Um, Eddie Howe from from when you hear him on, uh, you know, interviews, post-match and, and and some of the pre-match comments. He's got a lot of time for Jacob Murphy. Um, you know, he gets a reasonable reception off the fans when he comes on. And as I say, if they can do something with him over the summer in terms of his finishing and what to do when he actually gets inside the box... Um, I think there's a player in there, um, so I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be in any rush whatsoever. And I think particularly if you're thinking about players like Matt Ritchie potentially moving on, I think Murphy's position in the squad actually solidifies. I think he actually cements his place in the squad 
um, you know, as opposed to thinking, well, he'll go as well as all the others that we've mentioned. So he's a keeper for me. Okay, what's your take on uh, Murphy? Would you keep him, Ben? Yeah, um, I really like his his passion and and the fact that he supports us. And I think sometimes we we forget that when he, when they did his announcement video and all of his past was revealed with his uh, with his twin brother and how they supported us, but like went from the area, but. Uh, I love that family connection, what they have, and the like. You know, the, the local connection, even though they're not particularly from the area. Um, I think that's fantastic, and you can see it in the photos. You know, he's always he's he's got the biggest smile. He's always pulling the craziest faces. You know, the passion's there. He he clearly loves playing playing for us. Um, but as Joe said, there he gets into good positions. But if we want to go up a level, he's going to have to either improve that finishing. Or maybe look to play elsewhere because when you're playing against the top teams, you can't miss these type of chances. You know, some of them are bordering on sitters. Um, a lot of them go wide of the post, but he just needs to. If he can, if he can own that, he'll be spot on. But something just, he's just not quite hitting that level for me. But I do like him, and I would love it for love for it to work for him up here. But he just needs to fine tune that finish, and if he does. Um, you know, he had a great spell. I think it was under Bruce still, where he was like uh, uh, playing at right back a bit, and he did a good few weeks there. You know, showing his versatility, and then under how he kind of stepped back a bit, but then came in towards the end of the season. You know, as a replacement for Allen when he wasn't playing and Fraser, and he yeah, he's he's a great squad player. He's what you need. But if that finishing's not there, he will move on, whether it's this summer or next, because you know we we need that. We can't have someone who keeps missing a lot of chances, and he does miss a lot of chances. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, OK. Well, uh, we'll finish up on the outgoings with uh, with two players, I guess, who, um, you know, have uh, you know, for a split opinion sometimes with supporters. And one of them is this guy, the SM. The other guy is Almiron. Uh, two players who, you know, have been good servants in the bad times. Uh, Almiron scored two cracking goals uh, for his country uh, the other day. Um, ASM, certainly, we've discussed on this platform before, played in those last couple of games, we saw flashes of a, a new sight to ASM. He, he was listening to what Eddie Howard told him. He was tracking back. He was releasing the ball earlier and there seemed to be a different ASM on display against Arsenal and Burnley. So, those two players, I guess the question I'm going to ask Joe to both of you is, um, you know, if an offer comes in, would Newcastle consider it? Or do you think those are the players that we should be trying to potentially build around now? I mean, Steve Corbett interestingly makes this point. He says, come on, guys. You guys are big enough players that will keep us in the bottom half of the table. Aim higher, boys. We need top half players. Um, you know, I, I get Steve's point. But let's face it, we haven't got any European football to offer. That's going to make a big difference to us trying to sign the Darwin Nunes of these of this world and the Harlands. They're they're going to they're going to clubs that are in Europe. They're not going to come to us. Um, yeah. You know, we, we need to really focus on where we're at at the moment and um, try to persuade players with potential, I guess, to come, and then we can get these these other players out. But ASM and Almiron, can we? Do you think they would you know be here next season and benefit? Do we think we would benefit from having them? Yeah, I think just picking up on uh, on that. Comment as well, Steve. I mean, without sounding like another deluded Newcastle fan, but don't forget if if you know we'd have had that form that we showed in the last half of the season, all season, we'd have finished second, if not top, wouldn't we? So actually, in terms of uh, you know where we aiming at here, essentially for the latter half of the season, we've had a top four side. Um, so that's testament to the coaching staff, of course. Yes, of course, we need to improve our squad. And Ben, this is where I get this is where I get my Twitter love from because um, I'd let I'd let Sam Maximum go tomorrow. Um, Steve, I think yeah, in the last two games he maybe stayed on his feet a bit more and passed the ball twice. Um, but how many more times do we? For me personally, how many more chances do we give this guy? I understand that he gets people excited. I understand the flair. I, I understand all of that. He was essentially playing in a crap side, don't forget. Um, and if if we're thinking about the Paquetas of this world, if you're thinking about the Diabies of this world, Sam Maximin's got two, two very, very clear choices for me. He can either pack his bag and take his ego somewhere else and you, and you won't hear from him ever again. Um, or 
this is his last chance saloon. And yes, it is exciting to think if we can get a tune out of him, if we can get him on song and we can have someone like Diaby on the other side, all of a sudden we've got a fantastic attack, by the way. Um, does he do it enough? Absolutely not. Does he infuriate me every single minute of every game? Um, does he do enough to warrant almost this superstar, um, you know, this icon status that people put him on? I don't see it, Steve. I really don't. And I know we we, we spend more time. Steve Hasty will vouch for it. We spend more time at half time and at full time every week saying, where where is he? What's he done? Um, you know, is he in the right position? I don't know where else we'd play him. Is he a centre forward? No. But if Eddie Howe's going to change this ethos to this flair, attacking, Keegan-esque, let's go for it, then yeah, I guess he's going to stay He's going to have to learn to pass the ball. He's going to have to learn to cross the ball. He's going to have to learn to stop just throwing his hands up in the air when he loses it and putting us, putting us in some really um, difficult positions. Um, you can tell I'm a fan, can't you? Um, so, yeah, I, I, listen, Would we? I think your question was, would we listen to offers for him? Of course, if someone wants to offer us 50 million for him, of course you'd listen to it. Why would you not? And it'd be a real test of how much, because if he tests our patients... I'm almost certainly test Eddie Howe's patience as well. And if we're going to get more players in who can sell shirts, maybe Sam Maximin's the one that I would let go. In terms of Miggy, um, I could probably repeat what I've just said. Again, I had massive high hopes for this lad. We've never, ever been able to find him a position, let's be honest. Um, that goal against Crystal Palace, you know, was 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 worth the admission fee alone. He scored twice for, for, for Paraguay uh, in, in the midweek, so... There's definitely a player in there as well. But again, where do you play him? What do you do with him? And if someone offers us 20 million, do you take it and invest it somewhere else? So there's an argument for them both staying. I'm going to sit right on the fence here. I'm going to get a splinter up my ass here. There's a there's an argument for them both staying, but there's also an argument to say, do you know what? If someone wants to take them off our hands, let's reinvest it somewhere else. Again, depends what Eddie Howe wants to do for me. Did I answer you? Uh, you did, yeah. Now, Thompson says, "Come on, guys, it's spot on." Joey says uh, he could, fi- he, if he could finish talking about Murphy. He says, "Canada a barn door." He says, "I like Cheryl Cole, but you're never called to take me out." Matt the get Matt the grid get rid. He says that you need to get that in the back of your top, Alan. There you go. ASM and Miggy Rachel says, "I would keep both ASM and Miggy," which seems to be the consensus of most of the chat. Ben, would you? Um, right, start with Alan. The thing what I, what he's missing is consistency. He's got that talent. We've seen it in pretty much every goal he scored is like a belter. Like the, the guy just doesn't do tap-ins. Um, it's always dropping a shoulder, beating two or three men, you know, whipping it in. Um, he's 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 fantastic. And like Joe said, he gets asses off seats. You know what I mean? But it's that consistency. If unless unless something happens with that, this this guy isn't a kid anymore. This guy's 25. Maybe coming up 26. I'm, I don't know his exact age, but I think he's about 25. Um, it's time to, you know, if you want to get in the France squad, you're going to have to knuckle down and do this week in, week out. There was a period after Christmas, uh, maybe till around Easter, um, when he wasn't just average. The guy was woeful. The guy was absolutely woeful. He Every uh, ball into the box seemed to hit the first man. He was slipping and sliding all over. His head was down. You know, he was he was greedy. He was he was passing when he shouldn't pass and and shooting when he shouldn't shoot. And the whole thing was it was car crash TV. Whether you were watching it on telly or watching it at the match, people were literally ripping the hair out, smashing the screens. It's got it got that bad. The last few games of the season, it seemed to improve. Seemed to how seemed to the penny dropped. He was passing it when he when he should pass, and he was shooting when he should shoot. And if he can do that more often, we already know he's got the talent, he's got the quality. But it's all about the decision making. And you know, like you touched on Steve as well. It's like if you've got the the ego and the you know the kind of uh, the whole kind of aura about you that you are a bit special that you that you're going to have to show that. Because otherwise, it's not you, you know it's not going to come across very well if you're playing extremely average. But you know, on the flip side, you're going down the route of you know you want to be playing with these top players. And his stats actually for dribbles, 
I think over the last three or four years, um, have shown he's the best dribbler in Europe. He was the season we signed him. He had the highest dribble rate in Europe, so sex, so successful dribbles. And then I definitely he's just had the same stat this season as well. So clearly he's got talent. But is the end product there? Are the, is he getting as many goals or assists as he should? Probably not. So let's just see. But I definitely keep him. And just a quick one on Miggy. Yeah, I definitely keep him too. Um, I think he's he's kind of really improved. You can see it in the international side. He's looking like a bit of a player. Uh, maybe just needed that arm around him and a bit of how magic. Um, but he's twice the player he was under Bruce. So as long as he can keep coming on, doing these cameos, he seems pretty settled. His agent said this week that he was happy at the best club in the world. So like we said at the start of the show, we can't get rid of everybody. We're going to have to keep some players. So let's, let's keep him. Yeah. I've got a visitor. Okay. So, sorry, got guys. Visitor. Go for it. Go for it. I'll, I'll, we're, we're, going to move, we're going to move on anyway to uh, players. Well, first of all, just want to show the best uh, to this young man who's found a new club, Lee, uh, Lewis Cass. Uh, he's turned down the offer of a contract, ex uh, contract extension to James Block in favour of making a permanent move to Port Vale. Uh, the 22-year-old made a really good impression when he was down there on loan uh, last season. Uh, a serious ankle injury saw him return to Tyneside, of course, in the January transfer window. But in his absence, Port Vale uh, were promoted to League One uh, via the playoffs. Uh, and they have now gone, come back to St. James's Park and uh, they've managed to get Cass on extended terms uh, because he's returned to full fitness. So we wish Lewis Cass all the best and uh, let's hope he does well down there. OK, incomings. We've got 15 minutes left and we've got a few questions. So I will uh, do the, uh, the, the few of the questions in there. A lot of people talk about Botman. Uh, Paul uh, says, hi, guys. I'm hearing Lille have up the price to £36 million for Botman after agreeing £30 million with us. He says, it's time to walk away from this deal now because I think the club are uh, extracting the urine. And uh, hi, John Walker. Newcastle United up to £36 million. Lots of people reporting on that. Fabrizio Romano, um, obviously well-known source on Twitter, says Newcastle now hope to get the deal done this week for Ekatike after new contact was made with his agent. Talks on player side will continue with all parties now confident again. And Gary reckons that uh, the deal will be done this week Again, just citing what Fabrizio Romano said. So, Joe, let's talk about those two players. We've spoken about them over the last couple of weeks since we started doing the show. And, um, yeah, I mean, some people feel that this is now starting to become uh, a bit of a nightmare. It's becoming, you know, it's dragging on. The transfer window is just open, for God's sake. <laughs> um, was has been playing in, in international football. He's, you know, he pulled his hamstring. So, of course, we had hamstring gait. Will this seven? Will this stop the deal? Will Newcastle be able to get him cheaper? And then we've had, you know, the whole Botman saga because it was in January. It feels like it's been going on for six months. And um, so we've got two. We've got two situations here. Um, if you were a betting man, Joe, and you are tune tipster, uh, what do you say we're going to get these two in Pardew's words over the line? Forty-seven minutes I lasted. I'm going to get dogs abuse for mentioning these two now. Um, do you know I'll, put the, I'll put the photo. I'll put your favourite photo. I'll put them. Here we go. There he is. Deal done. Look, deal done. We we said it weeks ago. Um, right. Start with Hugo. Um, would a would a hamstring injury stop a, a multi million pound transfer um, for a twenty two year old? Um, I don't hear the extent of the injury being absolutely career threatening. So you know, if he's tweaked the muscle after a long season, uh, would that be enough to for, for us to to not sign him? I don't think so, Steve. I've heard nothing to suggest that this deal won't go through. I think last time we spoke on this show last week, you know, I think everyone was confident things seemed to be moving in the right direction. Why would we not? Um, you know, I'm sure that the you know we were led to believe the offer for the player was done. We were led to believe that even the personal terms had, had been agreed. And like we keep saying, you know, um, all right, we've signed Matty Target, fair enough. But nobody's around. You know, Eddie Howe's still on holiday. These lads are playing international football, as you say. The market's been open for 15 minutes. Um, I'm sure Dan Ashworth's got a role to play in all of this now with his new role. You know, he'll just be unpacking his his his, his boxes in his new office. So for me, I, I'm trying not to panic. I think the really, really interesting thing for Newcastle fans, though, and I know we get it every single season, year year on year, 
but you're reading that much stuff. You know, you talk there about Sven Botman's um, uh, transfer fee, Lille now, uh, you know, um, command, uh, demanding a little bit more money. I was reading in one of the publications yesterday that apparently Dan Ashworth had said, we look at the 46 million because we want to sign him. So again, who are you listening to? Who's right? Who's wrong? Um, and until we see him in that black and white shirt, then we can celebrate. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm confident we're in for two of Europe's top, top young players. So I'm just enjoying that at the moment, you know. Um, he was going to Milan. Maldini didn't fancy him. Next thing you know, he's going to PSG. All of a sudden, they're changing their manager. So who knows? As far as I'm concerned, I'm sure that the money's there. The offers are made. You know, that we'll be selling the club. And they'll come when when the dust settled on their international uh, duty. So I'd sign the pair of them. I've been saying about Sven Botman, you know, um, since we were first linked with him in in December last year. This is the one I'd go for. I'd, I'd, I'd follow it up when I'd break the bank. And the fact that Dan Ashworth went out, uh, you know, to, to to watch him play for Holland for forty five minutes, I think it speaks volumes. It looks like we're, we're making a fuss of these players. And um, as I said, you know, he just needs to sign and, and and we can get on with enjoying watching him play. Now, I didn't see the team sheets for that, but you, just because just you mentioned that, Joe, somebody suggested on last night's programme with, uh, with Ben Jacobs that um, he, he wasn't there to watch Botman. He was there to watch his son who was playing for the Welsh team. I don't well, know whether that happens. I haven't seen the team sheets. Is that true? I don't know. He, yeah, it was. He, was uh, he didn't get off the bench, though. He was on the bench. Okay, so well, that's in, well, that's, well, that's in, that's interesting. So, so that was yeah. true. And I, I didn't get, I didn't get the feeling it was he's a malicious killed, comment killed by somebody. Killed two birds with one stone. That's what he's done. He's killed yeah. two birds with one stone. Yeah. Okay. Well, same question to you, Benji. I mean, these two, these two, you know, have been mentioned for so long now. It almost feels like they're part of the family. You know what I mean? But it, it's yeah. not getting. We're not getting. We're not getting any further forward as yet. No. Do you think this? Do you think this big news imminent? I would like to think so, especially on Ekatike. It feels like that one. See, there's no one else, as far as we're aware, that's really in for him. I think mm -hmm. we're kind of the only ones willing to pay that amount for someone so young. We're paying for the potential there. And I don't think we have the competition that we've we've had for Botman with Ekatike. But with Botman as well, if Lille are squeezing us, you can see why they are, because they know we're rich, you know, regardless of FFP, you know, they know we've got money. And the thing as well, because this is the second time we've approached Botman, January and now, they know we're actually really, really interested in him. So if they have cranked it up in the, at the last second, because uh, everything was agreed. I think we'd all heard that. Everything was agreed. The fee was agreed. The structure was agreed. Um, you know, it's rumoured to be just discussing personal terms with Ashworth. And then that was it. It was going to be today, tomorrow, Wednesday, whenever. But if they have... I, you know, jacked the price up a bit, then it's because they know we absolutely, I wouldn't say desperate for him, but they know we're very keen because we've approached them in two windows. So basically, we're either going to have to pay it, pay the extra six million, or don't, and then move on. Um, I've heard the, um, the Frankfurt defender, uh, Ndiga, I think he would be the next on the list if, um, if we don't go for Botman. It's, he has a release clause. I don't know if that's 20 million, 25 million, but I'm led to believe that he would be the next one on the list if we don't go for Sven. So we'll see, see how it pans out because he's a canny player too. Okay. Um, obviously, played in the European uh, Cup final this, this summer. Um, looks a lot pacier than Botman. Might not have quite have the reading of the game or the strength, uh, but definitely looks like a. And he can fill in at left back too, which is good. Um, so, also goes back. hopefully, a bit more positive because he was the hamstring injury was uh, not as serious as they thought it was. So he was actually on the bench yesterday for this uh, the Toulon final, and he actually ran onto the pitch at the end. So if he's got enough legs to sprint, you know, to the halfway line and celebrate with his teammates, then I think he'll be all right for our medical. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I am going to ask one question. Rich Joblin's asked it. He just says, look, and we asked this to Sean last week. He says, where does Burnsy get his information from? And look, I know you are, uh, like me on Twitter, you can be divisive. Um, we discussed this before we came on. It, just, just assess why you've come out over the years and try to give people 
your view on what's happening. Tell, tell us a yeah, little bit about this. Yeah, I do it like, see, it's not to gain followers. The followers is a is a byproduct of of running a, an account that people enjoy. If people enjoy what you what you write. You know, you've found it over the years with your own account in YouTube. If you if people enjoy what the content you put out, they'll follow. But why I do it, like I kind of I don't want that my account just to be about giving snippets of information. So I always try to put like my own thoughts and feelings, you know, like little reviews of games, player ratings, and you know, transfer stuff. I love all that. But in regards to the snippets of info, like I share them because I kind of I I'd like to hear them, and I, and I like to hear the other people that, you know, that do it, the Looney Tune, Oscar, you know, Sean. I look for their, I look for their tweets. Um, mm -hmm. They haven't gotten everything right. I haven't gotten everything right. But clearly, there's a, there's a select few of people that seem to, you know, just want to bring them everybody down and, you know, uh, you know these are guys who don't know anything. And it's like, well, that's fine. That's fine. Just you don't have to follow anyone. You don't have to be abusive. You could just not not follow, you know. Well, that's and, it. And, and, and like I said happy. at the start, like I said at the start of the program, Burnsy, it, it's all about opinions. Newcastle United is your club. It's our club. It's everybody's club. And that's we it. can all and we can all and we can all have an opinion. So let's have an opinion on this guy, uh, Lewis Paquetta. Uh, I mean, look, this one again is is something which I I always felt it was just a media story drummed up by the fact that he's best pals with bloody Bruno Joe. I didn't. I, I just don't really see any legs in this. But unfortunately, I think the story's grown legs because of his connection with Bruno, because it's been in the paper. I still don't think we're generally interested in bringing this guy in. I think midfield, midfield, we could probably, you know, we could probably do with somebody, but it's not a necessity. We need a 20-goal striker. We need somebody yeah. who's going to bang the ball in the back of the net. We needed, we needed somebody to come in at left back, and we've managed to sign target on a permanent deal now. Um, we need to break the bank and bring that centre forward in. We could get we we'll get a midfielder, great, but is Paquetta on the radar? Do you think? I wonder if this goes in the category, Steve. If you think about what uh, what Murdad said in terms of you know it's got to be right for the club, it's got to be right for the squad. Um, you know we will be working within a budget. However, if certain players become available, we'll be in the market for them. And I agree, I, you know, I, I'd be astounded looking at, the, looking at the squad that we've got and the positions that we need to fill. If this guy is at the top of that list, it will say a hell of a lot about Eddie Howe and a hell of a lot about what his thoughts are in terms of next season's um, tactics, particularly going forward. Um, but why would you not be in for him? I'm quite intrigued with this one in terms of, yeah, you know, let's have our centre-half we're still on for the goalkeeper. Um, you know, we've not heard any anything to the contrary. We're still on for Hugo. Um, Diaby, the Diaby rumour doesn't go away. Um, and then maybe, just maybe, they can ask PIF if they've got a spare 60 million down the sofa and we'll bring Parketta in as well. So I think this is on the this is on the list of let's do what we need to do first. And if this is still going on, back end of July, heading into August, uh, you know, I don't know when the window closes, but... Why not? Why not throw a, a fifty million for him and 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 let him join the party? Um, supposedly a fantastic footballer. Interestingly, we've been crying out for a long time, haven't we? We talked about that number ten. There was a comment earlier about Miggy playing number ten for Paraguay. We've never used him in that way, and particularly with Eddie Howe's four three three, you don't necessarily see where that number ten or that player who goes in the hall um, would play. Um, but I tell you what, yeah, if, if you had the opportunity to sign him, why would you not? So this might be the signing that just gets us excited after we've done our proper business. Yeah, I would uh, I would say so as well. Paquetta, Ben, I mean, yeah, I'd love to see him at the club, but I, I just, my gut instinct is that this has just been all, you know, it's, it's dramatisation from from what happened on Twitter, you know, and then photographs yeah. of him and he's yeah. in, in, in Bruno's back garden didn't it's help. It's been a big tease. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, this one, I, I don't know. I've not heard anything about this one. I haven't really heard any whispers that I would, uh, you know, like to like to put out there. But the thing, what I've noticed, uh, if we do get Bruno, you're, uh, sorry, uh, Lucas Paqueta, you're getting kind of a two-in-one player. You're getting a very good player by, by his, you know, his own standard. But when he's teamed up with Bruno, they're almost telepathic. Now, I stayed up late couple of times recently watching a couple of Brazil games before the season ended and the link-up play between these two I hadn't seen them link up with Leon 
So I can't really comment about that. I've seen watched some clips afterwards. You know, I've seen the goals and the assists. But when I was watching them live for Brazil, I was thinking, these guys are telepathic. Like they, they knew where exactly where each other was going to be. They were assisting each other. Um, you know, Bruno assisted uh, Paqueta. I think I think the reverse happened as well for Bruno's goal. I'm sure Paqueta assisted Bruno. And he, I was watching it thinking, it's almost like a two and one. You're getting a great player, but also you're getting that advantage of having two players on the pitch that are going to be having that telepathic link up. And for me, that's really exciting. Then, you know, the best friends, that's great. But the fact that they actually click on the pitch, that's that's incredible. So if we can utilise that, I'm all for it. But price-wise, I think you'd have to do a structured deal for that one. You'd have to do, you know, six instalments of 10 million or something. I don't think we'd ever lash 60 million straight on him. I just couldn't see that. Plenty of positivity in the chat. That's what I like to see. And look, those people who were slightly negative, um, look, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but that isn't what this show is about. This isn't a show where we're given an expert's opinion. This show is conjecture, it's discussion, and it's it's a mature adult discussion between three like-minded Newcastle fans. And the numbers suggest that people enjoy it. Over 700 watching live. I think that we are doing the right thing to do these kind of shows. And it's great. We enjoy it. And it's just like being down the pub but we haven't got a drink. We're sitting having a big crack. Uh, I am going to take a couple of these questions. Uh, Sefton Mag says, even and all, who would you like to be our first game of the season to be against? Um, Joe? Tottenham away, win 6-0. <sighs> ben? Everton at St. James's Park. Smash them. <laughs> OK, I said, I've said this. I've answered this. I think we did it with Mick Lowe's. I'd like to see Newcastle play Liverpool or Man City. First game of the season at home. And... Um, I think it's always a good time to, to play them, 100%. I think if you play them at the start, it gives you a real good chance. Jack Sparrow says, lads, on the topic of five subs next year, do you think that when that decision was made, do you think the club had to change plans on getting more people in this summer for a better bench? Great question, Jack. Joel, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's, it is. It's a fantastic question. Um, I'm sure it comes into people's thoughts. Um, and if we're going to sign all of the players that we've mentioned tonight, some of them are naturally going to have to sit on the bench because we've only got 11 spaces. Um, would they be happy doing that? I'm not so sure. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's where you have to start to think about the Murphys of this world, the Longstaffs of this world and, uh, you know, Joe Willock et al. Uh, it'd be nice to think we could have 25 Brazilian internationals in our squad, but uh, they wouldn't be very happy and they wouldn't sit on the bench in January. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure some players who we might think we're leaving uh, will probably end up sticking around purely because of the way that the benches are going to work. OK, what about you, uh, Ben? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe if we hadn't had the takeover, I would have been a bit more like, well, yeah, you know, because you're thinking, who are the five that we could possibly bring off the bench? You know, last last season before, you know, January, there wasn't that many options. But now, you know, with the summer, um, you know, I think, yeah, it's a great thing. We can get more more top players on the pitch. Although I do I do honestly think it favours the um, the bigger clubs and the, and the better teams. You know, you got, you got to think, Look, let's look at Man City and Norwich, who's, you know, just gone down. Man City's five players are going to be a hell of a lot different than Norwich's five players. It's like half a team. It's like you can essentially switch half the team out. Um, and and if that quality, if that golfing class is there like that, um, I don't know. I think you could see, you know, real swings in games, especially towards the end. You know, you've got the fresh legs, but now you've got more fresh legs. You know, I just, I just think it's you've got to be careful with it. But I think, you know, for us personally, I think if we're getting the better players in, you want to see more of them on the pitch. But I don't know whether that's going to play in the, uh, answer the question. I don't know whether that would play in a factor of, um, you know, our signings this summer. I don't, I'm not sure that would, you know, because we've got a squad. We've got a 25-man squad. It's, it's about fitting them all in now, isn't it? Yeah, so. last, last couple of questions. Roy says, realistic striker. I'll chuck that in with Barry Hogan saying, would you break the bank for Gabriel Jesus? Um, thoughts on that, Joe? Yeah, Barry's just took the words out of my mouth, uh, Steve. If there's any any uh, opportunity to get hold of him, I'd sign him tomorrow. I absolutely would. I said my dream signing would be would be Haaland. I have to forget about that now. That's not happening. I let to believe Nunes is on his way to Liverpool. If if you believe what you read, um, so who would I sign? I nearly went for it there. Hugo and Jesus. That's who I'd go for. 
Okay, what about you, Ben? I, I mean, I, I've got to say, my first choice was Ekatike. If we couldn't get Ekatike, I'd like to see Calvert-Lewin. I think Calvert-Lewin would do a great job under Howard Newcastle. Yeah, um, I probably wouldn't go for Calvert-Lewin. Um, second. Um, I probably uh, just, I'm, I'm not sure I'd go for him purely for the injury record. Um, yeah. yeah, so... Bring him in, bring him in. It's a her. <laughs> oh, sorry, bring her in. Oh, I see she's being busy. Have you got your face painted? Um, no, I'd probably go for. Uh, I really like uh, Ivan Tony. Um, I think he could do a job for us. I like um, Victor. I can never pronounce his name. Ossiman. Ossiman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I look. I was looking at his stats the other day. They are really up there. Um, yeah. Jesus uh, or Jesus. The thing with him is he's he's got the quality, but mm -hmm. it's just I don't know. This he hasn't actually had that many opportunities for Man City to. Um, to, to score, to play week in, week out. But he seems to, when he does play, he seems to score. So the stats are a little bit misleading because a lot of them, his appearances are sub-appearances. So yeah. I, I think he, he'd be the one for me, um, Gabriel uh, Jesus, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see we'll, slightly, we'll slightly overrun and you've got, uh, you've got Dad's chores to do. I'm going to leave the final word with Michael, who says, I'm the biggest atheist in the world, but would love Jesus in a two <laughs> <laughs> Good way to finish. I'm back in the morning, 10 o'clock, a little bit earlier tomorrow with Ross Gregory. Uh, I just want to say thanks to Burnsy Ben. Give him a follow on his Twitter account. Well worth following. Cheers. Thanks, thanks as always to you, Joe, mate. Uh, thanks top, for having me show. on. And thanks to everybody in the chat and thanks to the moderators. Be lucky. See you all tomorrow. Take care. See Bye. Guys. See you, Ben. See ya. See you, mate.